from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It's the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Greetings, of course, from our Studio B at 5800 Airline Drive. This is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and producer Dan is alongside today. And we thank you, of course, for joining us here on this Tuesday. We've got a lot to talk about on today's program. We're going to cover a couple of different uh, topics. NBA, of course, with the Pelicans uh, in the thick of it this week at home last night and traveling later today. We're still putting a wrap on the NFL Combine, and we'll do so with Mickey Loomis, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of the New Orleans Saints. And we're going to get a little warm today. We're going to talk college baseball, a rite of spring here in southeast Louisiana. And we're honored to have a legend with us on the program today, that's UNO baseball coach Ron Maestri. We'll have an extensive visit with Mace a little bit later in the program. Well, basketball last night, I knew it would be tough, but uh, certainly not maybe as tough as it turned out to be as the Clippers came into New Orleans and beat the Pelicans last night, 123-110. to They used 16 three-pointers. Jamal Crawford went off, and Chris Paul had a big second half as the Clippers uh, improved and won two of three on their road trip. We'll see those guys again on Saturday as the Pelicans get set to travel out west for their Mardi Gras trip. But the uh, loss for the Pelicans is now four straight coming out of the All-Star break. And while double-doubles were scored by Anthony Davis and Alexia Jensen last night, the Pelicans uh, struggled, uh, giving up uh, quite a few points, not only in the uh, first quarter, but in the uh, third and fourth as well, and ended up losing by 13. So coming up in just a little bit, we'll play you some highlights from last night's game and uh, some reaction from the locker room. The Pelicans, as I mentioned, travel today. They're off to Dallas, Texas, where they'll play the Mavericks tomorrow night. And then, boy, it really gets rolling. Out to Phoenix, Los Angeles, Sacramento, and then wrapping up back in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Tough road ahead for the Pelicans as they look to get back on track and get their first win post-All-Star break. So more on that in just a moment. And then we'll talk with Mickey Loomis from the NFL Combine. And we'll wrap up today with Ron Maestri of the UNL Privateers. The Black and Blue Report is on the air. We're back with you after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight Friday night, March 7th, when the Milwaukee Bucks come to town. It's Pelicans Dance Team Night at the Smoothie King Center. With the first 10,000 fans in attendance, receive a Pelicans Dance Team poster. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the Pelicans Fest pregame block party getting underway at 5.30, featuring live music, the Zatarain season ticket card, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $16 and are available now at pelicans.com. 
This is Pelicans guard Brian Roberts, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, the Pelicans fell to 10 games under 500 last night. As we mentioned, they lost to the Clippers 123 to 110. That's two wins uh, this year. Now in the series between the uh, Clippers and uh, New Orleans for Los Angeles. And again, uh, big nights last night from DeAndre Jordan, uh, Jamal Crawford, and then Chris Paul, too, who had the big second half. He only had two points in the first half and then kind of went nuts and ended up with another double-double in the second half in his old uh, in his old gym. But uh, there were some bright spots. Davis, again, is playing well coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, Monty Williams had challenged AD to kind of get back on track after his All-Star honor. He did so with 26 and 11 last night, also two block shots. And Alexia Jensa, now in two games off the bench, has played well. Most recently, last night, his first double-double and a new career high. Ajinsa had 19 points and 12 rebounds, but again, in a losing effort last night. Before we dig a little deeper, let's let you listen in to some of the highlights from last night's ball game. Jensa jump shot, top of the key, blocked by Jordan. Ball caught in the air by Griffin. He'll bring it up himself. Stops, keeps the dribble alive. Right, a left elbow, lobs to the rim. Alley-oop dunk. Big to big. Jordan dunks at home and gets fouled. Evans, driving, kick to Babbitt. Angle left. Move covered tightly by Dudley. Throws corner left. Morrow for three. Got it. Anthony Morrow. And John just told you how well he's been shooting it from the long range. That makes it a three-point game with 1.14 to go in the first. Crawford turns the corner, down the lane, lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk. Right hand of DeAndre Jordan, timeout New Orleans, and this is the largest lead now of the game for Los Angeles. And the Pelicans are in a real bad spot right here. Pelicans are back at it with 2.35 left in the first half. Roberts between the rings, back and forth with the dribble. Good lob to the rim, alley-oop, reverse dunk for Anthony Davis. A little payback, a little medicine to the Clips. That's what they like to see out of their big. And the Pels flip the script on. Roberts around the defense underneath the rim. Tried to throw uphill. It's stolen by Paul. Ball up the floor to Griffin. Griffin turns, right hook. Good. Did it again. He's got Davis underneath the rim, and that was all she wrote in a possible three-point play. Here's Morrow, angle left for three. Left a short rebound to Jensa. Lays it up and in. That's a new career high for Alexi Jensa. He has 19 points to lead all Pelican scores tonight. Paul now, high middle screen with Griffin. Griffin holds his ground, goes back around the screen. Paul, bounce pass wing right, Crawford for three on the move, and hits with Withy defending. You know what? See, it's one thing to make open jumping, which many NBA players can do. It's another to make tough, contested threes, which Jamal Crawford can do. Again, the final was 123 to 110. Let's go inside the postgame locker room where John DeShazer and other assembled media caught up with a couple of guys. First up, Brian Roberts. Yeah, the key on this trip, um, I think really just to um, to go out and, and compete and just have confidence that we can win. I think, uh, you know, tonight was kind of discouraging um, just the fact that, you know, they were making so many shots. But um, all we can control is, you know, our uh, our fight and how we compete and that's been that's been good enough for us in the past to get wins so it's not it's not anything tricky that we need to do was it discouraging because your defense you felt was good and still were making the shot yeah yeah i mean we could have in the first half we could have got a little more physical with them and i, I felt like they were just kind of going through script you know playing a little um, getting get to their spots without any resistance but i think in the second half we kind of kind of picked that up a little bit but still they were they were making shots, so um, you know, hats off to them. 
this trip, you feel that haven't played, gone on this West Coast swing before, you think that would help you guys? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, um, you know, we got a little different makeup of team, you know, at this point. But, um, you know, it's just all about going out and playing with confidence and just playing aggressive. That's that's all we we can do. And, and like I said, that's been good enough for us to, to get wins is just playing our, our style and, and competing. Roberts, for the second game in a row, struggled a little bit. Four points last night on one of four shooting. He did have seven assists to lead the Pelicans in that category. As we mentioned, kind of a big night for Alexia Jensa. Let's hope he can keep that going, and we'll see what kind of a role Monty Williams has him uh, play in the up, on the upcoming road trip. Here's a Jensa last night in the locker room following the loss. This may be the, one of the more difficult matchups as in this league, you think, you guys? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, because both, both of the bigs going right at the basket, so it's tough to uh, control both of them at the same time. What was, I mean, it's, it's a lot of it getting getting uh, to the spot first early and then and just, I guess just battling with those two. Uh, yeah, well, Blake was doing it the whole game, just uh, run with AD and just be physical. And uh, it's tough. It's tough for him because you know he was ceiling and it's pretty strong. So it's tough for Eddie to to, to to be by himself. So we just basically lay him by himself. So it was a mistake from uh, adults and players. It was uh, career highs for you points and rebound. Why were you finding some success down there? Uh, I just get open and uh, I get a get a chance that my teammates give me the ball in uh, good situations. I just finish the, the plays and uh and just went at the rebounds as I always do so I just keep it keep it going like that way. Let's see now some four game losing streak you guys get ready on a five game road trip, a difficult road trip. How do you get out of this little tailspin? It's gonna be mentally. Uh you know you just gotta be uh, uh ready to bounce back and uh be ready to uh, to, to, to be physical in the paint. Uh because uh you know it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough road trip. But likely, the, all the teams have like tough big men, so it's going to be tough for us to to just block that paint. All right. So as we mentioned, a travel day after practice today. The Pelicans will work out at their airline facility, and then head to the airport and head for Dallas, Texas. We're on the air tomorrow night at 7 p.m. with full coverage on the Pelicans radio network, and the game is nationally televised by ESPN from American Airlines Arena tomorrow night as well in Dallas, Texas. One more note about Pelicans basketball. Last night, season ticket renewals for the upcoming 14 and 15 season kicked off, and there are a tremendous amount of advantages for uh, signing up early. Uh, so you want to check out pelicans.com for all the details on that. And then we'll uh, talk more as we go through the road trip and certainly when we get back home one week from Friday. <laughs> That's right. Won't be back to Smoothie King Center until we see the Bucks on the 7th. Okay, we'll turn our attention to football in just a moment. We'll look back on the weekend at the NFL Combine where John DeShazer caught up with Mickey Loomis. It's yours in just a moment. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. We're also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by care checks for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here. A higher quality of care. One more reason to choose Auctioner. 
And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Still to come on today's edition of the Black and Blue Report, a nice visit with Ron Maestri, the head coach of the UNO Baseball Privateers. They are in action tonight and then again this weekend, all of it at home as college baseball rolls into, wow, almost its third week now. So we'll catch up with Coach Mace here in just a moment. Yesterday we shared John DeShazer's interview with Sean Payton with you from the NFL Combine. Today we want to continue our wrap-up of the big event in Indianapolis and play for you John's visit with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. The two cover a number of different topics. Of course, all of it having to do with the Saints and the offseason and the process of building a new roster again for the upcoming football season later on this year. So here from the weekend in Indy is John DeShazer and Mickey Loomis. People have talked about the depth of this NFL draft. Um, what is your perspective on that? Well, look, I think it's uh, it's early to really make that determination, although my impression, I think the impression of our, our scouts and Ryan Pace and Rick Wipersh is that uh, uh, it is, it is going to be a, a deep draft. Now, when you get to this part of the situation, uh, you get here and some players will work out, some won't work out. Does that, uh, I guess, affect your evaluation in any way? Well, not not really. Uh, listen, historically, about seventy percent of the guys here are going to work out and do everything uh, that they're asked, and and you know I I don't think that'll be any different this year. There'll be some guys that that uh, you know we catch later uh, at their pro days and at their personal workouts, but but the majority of them will get here, and 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 uh, you know I think Ryan earlier said that uh, you know you pay attention to what's going on here, and yet you don't you don't put too much stock in that. Um, listen, they're in shorts and t-shirts. They're not playing football, and and we've got evaluations uh, of these guys playing football, and that's what we'll rely on uh, the most. With the NFL draft being moved back a, a tad bit, and you're having, you know, you're going to go in through free agency. How much will that dictate what you do in the draft in terms of you know who you need and and the needs of the team? Because you'll have the the free agency, you'll have injured players returning, and those kinds of things. Well, look, I, you know, I think. For one thing, you know, our goal in free agency and in the off season is to fill as many of our needs as possible. Uh, we always try to do that before the draft, so that when we get to the draft, we can just, you know, take the best player available to us at the time that we're selecting. You know, particularly when you're selecting 27th, you don't, you know, we don't really have a, a good idea who's going to be available to us uh, in the first round, much less the second, third, and fourth, and so. If we can get to the point where we can just take, hey, the highest graded player uh, first and, and need second, then that's that's uh, you know that's what we're angling for, and you know we'll see how that unfolds. I think for the most part in the past years we've been able to do that, but but each year's different. Talk about this franchise's ability to find players later in the draft who have turned out to be you know great starters for you, Jari Evans and Marcus Colston. Yeah, we've had we've had great success doing that. I think you know there's a couple things. You know, first of all, it's our area scouts and and you know our entire uh, college and pro scouting department. They do a great job of finding guys that have traits that that uh, transfer well into the NFL. The second part of that is is our coaching staff and and starting with Sean and the rest of our coaches. They've always uh, you know been willing to just go by what they see, not by how uh, a player was acquired. And so um, 
you know, sometimes it, it's a little embarrassing when you, when you, uh, you know, cut a draft pick in favor of a college free agent, and yet we're just going by what we see, who's earned their position. And our coaches do a great job of developing players, taking young players, spotting uh, a talent, and being able to develop that into, into uh, uh, you know, something that they can use. And so it's, it's an organizational effort, I think. And finally, you know, recently you've had to make some, you know, difficult personnel decisions. I'm four guys who helped this franchise win a Super Bowl, and yet I guess that speaks to the ability of this team to replace valuable players and, and to have guys who can step in and play for guys who, who have been, you know, big contributors in the past. Well, you know, that, listen, there was nothing easy about that. Uh, um, you know, those four guys will, John, Jabari, Roman, have meant so much to not just, you know, our team on the field, but our organization as a whole and, and to our community as well. And, and they'll always be, you know, part of the New Orleans Saints. That's the way we feel about them. They're always welcome uh, in our building. And, and we've got nothing but great things to say about each one of them. And, and look, I don't think that those guys are, are done playing. You know, I think they've got some tread left on their tires and, and – uh, you know, we wish them the best and want them to know they're always welcome. That's difficult to do, and yet, you know, sometimes you, you have to do that uh, uh, for the good of the franchise. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. When we come back, we're going to turn it over to college baseball. Ron Maestri makes a visit to the Black and Blue Report right after this timeout. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. I met our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report back in the late 90s, and I was anxious to meet him because he actually served as a mentor to two men that had mentored me early in my career. Dan Callahan, who's now deceased, the former head baseball coach at Southern Illinois University, my alma mater, and Tim Jamison, whom I worked for for quite some time at the University of Missouri. Both men were led by Ron Maestri at UNO, back in the day, as they say, and so, Ron, I was sure anxious to meet you in the late 90s, and I'm proud to say I've known you now for, for quite some time, and, and I guess in some form or fashion, I'm connected to you through those two gentlemen. Well, those are two pretty good guys. Uh, unfortunately, Danny passed away a few years ago. Just a great kid and uh, a great coach. And, of course, Timmy Jamison has done a great job in Missouri. And uh, two of my favorites, uh, they did a great job while they were here, and uh, just good people. Ron Maestri's returned to the dugout at the University of New Orleans this year after almost a nearly 30-year absence of uh, managing and coaching in college baseball, a legend in the sport in the 70s and 80s, and looking to return a program to prominence. Is that fair to say why 
Ron, you returned after nearly 30 years to help bring UNO back to its proper place in college baseball? Yeah, that's fair to say, Sean. You know, it's uh, we suffered here tremendously after Katrina. And then, oh, you had the different administrations, different philosophies, and uh, for whatever reason, they were going backwards. But with uh, President Foss coming in and declaring that he wanted to have a Division One program, and going into the Southland, um, you know, when I was approached to come back, uh, I spent 30 years here building something. And unfortunately, because of circumstances, it went downhill. And I, I, I've agreed to come back and just try to help them in, in whatever way I can to get this thing uh, rolling again. And uh, things have been positive, and uh, we're just hopefully get in our new stadium in a couple of weeks. So that'll be a big difference. Ron and the privateers are off to a two and three start. They've got a doubleheader tonight at Barrow field against Texas Southern university. Uh, this is an exciting time of the year coach as college baseball really kind of kicks into gear a couple of weeks into now, maybe you more than anybody else can, can help relay why college baseball is so big to the people in Southeast Louisiana. Why do you think that is? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Obviously, uh, you have the history. Um, I know we had great success back uh, when I was at UNO the first time. And, of course, Tulane's always had a good program. Uh, and then what Skip did up at LSU and what Paul's doing up at LSU, uh, Southeastern, um, Southwest, ULL, um, with the warm weather areas and all great institutions and people, the ADs have invested in facilities. Uh, and, you know, the different coaches have really embraced the game. And uh, I think the fans in this area have been accustomed to coming out and watching good baseball. It's affordable family entertainment. And so you've got some tremendous programs and, um, uh, you know, I, if you look at the South, and particularly if you just take Louisiana, all our programs are strong, all have great facilities, and uh, the coaches have done an outstanding job in promoting their sports. So, yeah, I think baseball is uh, really taken on, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that we're hopefully we're back and uh, we can get, once our field's open, we can get people coming out here on a regular basis. You've mentioned the field now twice. You and uh, Athletic Director Derek Morell have been trying to get this new ballpark open on campus. How close are you, Mace? Well, we're hoping that we're two weeks away because we're shooting for the uh, 14th of, uh, of March when we open our conference play with Sam Houston. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been a project we've had, and the weather certainly hasn't helped. Cold weather and um, the rain have delayed construction, but everything, the playing surface and everything, our dugouts, uh, all that's in. They're, they're refining some of the smaller things, but hopefully we'll be open on the 14th. Ron, what was it like? You never really left the game of baseball, but what was it like putting the uniform on again for the first time in almost 30 years? Uh, it was a thrill. You know, I've I've been around the game, I've, you know, while I'm not actively, I wasn't actively coaching, but 
I've done clinics. I've been with the Zephyrs the last nine years and uh, watched every game, every home game, 72 games. But it's always exciting when you can put the uniform on and then, you know, that first game, it's like spring training. You're going into uh, a new season, and uh, I'm just thrilled. I, I really am. I'm excited. I, I get out there, and uh, it feels good. And uh, I love my ball club. And, you know, it's it's baseball, and it's in your blood. It's something that you never get away from. How has the college game changed since the mid-'80s to now? Well, the biggest difference, of course, are the bats. And, uh, you know, they've deadened the bat. And, you know, in the earlier years, uh, I know before, you know, when I first started here, we actually had wood, if you can believe that. And they went to the aluminum. And the aluminum progressed. Uh, they refined it. So those things, you, my goodness, it was like hitting a moonshot with those bats. And then they deadened them because of safety issues. And uh, I think they brought the game back to closer to wood. Uh, but I, I think uh, maybe they've deadened them a little too much. There's been talk now uh, of going to a different baseball to get the ball make it a little more livelier. You know, the college ball has the high seams. Uh, a minor league or a pro ball has the lower seams, and they've done testing that uh, the minor league ball will, will conceivably travel, you know, 30 more yards and 30 more feet. And it might make it so you got a few more home runs, but not ridiculously like it was in the, uh, oh, in the 90s and uh in, in the early 2000s. So, but the rest of it's baseball, Sean. I mean, you know, you, you've got a bunt, you've got a hit and run. Uh, all the finer points of the game have never changed. It's, uh, you still have to do the, the little things and uh, the fundamentals of the, of the game have not changed. So do we earlier, do we, we might bunt a little earlier if you, depending on the conditions, you know, out here in the fall, or in the spring, you got the north wind blowing in. You know, you got to throw strikes, and you might go to small ball. You got to get a run. You're not going to get the ball out of the ballpark. So, but it, it hasn't changed as far as uh, the bats have changed a little bit, but the game is still about playing fundamental. Are the kids the same, Ron? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I've always, everybody asked me that question, and then way back, everybody said, well, a lot of kids, I mean, kids have changed. The kids have not changed. They want discipline. Uh, they want to, you know, they, they want to go out there. They want to better themselves. Uh, I found that, you know, when you get a good program, you've got good kids that, that want to improve themselves. And I've been... I love it. I told my wife, I said, I've been rejuvenated. I just love going out to practice every day uh, from the time I get on that field. Uh, they've given me everything they've had, and, uh, you know, that's all you can ask. So kids are kids, uh, and I just think that uh, the artists have been in the game. Uh, they want to win, and uh, we got to show them how to win. Ron Masry, head coach of the UNO Privateers, on the Black and Blue Report today. All right, Coach, let's get right into it. Tell me about your ball club. What's strong? What needs what needs a little work? 
Well, you know, obviously we didn't, we couldn't recruit when we came in. I came in late, and uh, you know, our ball club is what it is, and uh, we've got a lot of inexperience, but uh, that's good because they're eager and uh, they got to grow up. They got to learn the game, and uh, we've worked all fall, and uh, we feel our outfield is one of our strengths. We got some guys that can go get the ball. Um, in the infield, we've made some changes. We, we've got a freshman at shortstop, Sammy Capiano, that came in as a second baseman. He's done an outstanding job. Um, we need depth in our pitching staff, which we don't have right now. But, you know, we're recruiting. We've signed five kids for next year. But we've got some starters that I've been very pleased with going into you know, the LSU game, the Southern game, and uh, the South Alabama game. Um, we've converted a third baseman, Seth Legas, into a reliever, and, boy, he's been lights out for us. Uh, Ray Winters, we started at LSU, uh, did a fantastic job. We knew last year he was a reliever. He throws strikes. He's got great sync. So we used him in relief, and hopefully that's what we can use him the rest of the year. He came in against South Alabama, did a bang-up job the other day to preserve that win, that 4-3 to three win. Um, we have a little power in first base in Cameron uh, Hoffman that hit the uh, home run the other day out of Zephyr Field. And when you hit him out there with those bats, you really got to crush it, and he did. Um, so, you know, we've been playing pretty good defense. Uh, our pitching is pretty good. We've uh, we got to make some adjustments as hitters, and we've talked about that. Uh, the kid that shut us out Friday night from South Alabama really knew how to pitch, and uh, you know I told guys you, you got to make adjustments on the breaking pitches, and um, we've, that's typical of young kids, young hitters. So um, I feel very good. I, I, they've shown signs of. Uh, we played an outstanding game after losing the two to uh, LSU. We go up to play Southern. Uh, we did all the little things that you need to do. We had four sacrifice bunts, two sacrifice flies. If they can keep improvement, that's all I said. Go out every day and try to improve yourself. And if you do that, good things are going to happen. So um, our strengths in our outfield, I think we got some good starting pitching. We don't have a lot of depth, and uh, but – some young kids now we're getting in I'm trying to get as many kids into the game as we possibly can in these earlier ball games because I, you know they need to get a feel and uh, my whole goal is these games uh, are preseason you want to call it or non-conference uh, I want to get them as much experience before we go into conference play and uh you know, tonight we have uh, uh, Texas Southern schedule, but tomorrow's supposed to be 90% rain and get cold. So we're going to go with a double header tonight. Uh, I called uh, the coach of Texas Southern, and uh, we're going to play two nines uh, tonight, starting at five o'clock at Barrow, instead of tomorrow playing the game. So, you know, we lost the game at South Alabama, South Alabama here this last weekend. We just can't afford to lose these games. So he's agreed. We're going to play a doubleheader tonight, get it in, and uh, hopefully get a number of players in it uh, to get some experience.
And then you'll have Indiana State this weekend, and that'll take you back to your Missouri Valley Conference roots, won't it, Coach? Sure will. Remember Indiana State well. And they've got a good ball club. I think they're 6-1. and one. They came down on a – they'd take a southern swing. They beat uh, Middle Tennessee. They went down to Florida. Um, and I, I believe they're 6-1 six, six coming into here. So they've had, they've had some outstanding baseball there. You know, my old alma mater, Bradley, Illinois State. Uh, they play Wichita State. They play great baseball in the in the Missouri Valley. So, yeah, we got a three-game set this weekend uh, out at Zephyr Stadium. You know, we're bouncing around. we got to find a place to play until our field's done. So we're at Barrow tonight, and then we go back to Zephyr Friday, uh, Friday evening at 6.30, and then we go uh, – Two, uh, 12 o'clock on Sun, on Saturday and then 1 o'clock on Sunday. Ron, you mentioned recruiting. You still got your uh, your roadmap to all those little ballparks all over the state and your kitchen state your kitchen table skills. Are they still up to snuff? Well, I hope so because recruiting is the name of the game. You either have the players or you don't. There's no geniuses. You know, you, just, you have to have players. And uh, i got a great staff. Uh, uh, James Jerry's our recruiting coordinator, has done a great job. Uh, AJ Batista, Blake Dean, uh, they've done uh, an outstanding job. We signed five kids in the early signing. Um, we feel we've got some kids that uh, we can sign uh, in April here coming up, and uh, it looks good. We signed some needs for next year. You know, we evaluated after uh, the fall, in the early fall to see what we really need, and uh, we fill some of those needs. So we got a couple pitchers that we're hoping that we can bring in and sign in April. And if we do, along with some of the young kids we got, uh, things will look good for next year. Well, you're up and running. Ron Maestri, all the best to you. Those of us who love baseball, especially college baseball, are sure glad you're back. And uh, we wish you all the best in the successful run, at least here in the uh, early going, huh? We are, and uh, we got to keep it going, Sean. And it's always good to, to watch you and listen to you. Uh, it's awesome. You've had a great career, and I'm sure glad you made the move down south. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And uh, and after traveling with the NBA up to those northern cities where I used to hang out, I don't miss it. I'm ready to be uh, warm again, that's for sure. And college well, baseball makes I me moved. feel warm. That's why I moved here. So good luck to you, too, and I appreciate you calling. All right, Mace, thanks so much. Good luck. It's a doubleheader tonight, of course, at Barrow as the privateers entertain Texas Southern. And as Coach mentioned, a big uh, Mardi Gras weekend series this weekend at Zephyr Field as they host Indiana State University. Ron Maestri, head coach of the UNO Privateers, our guest, and we'll be back to wrap up today's Black and Blue Report right after this. New Orleans Pelican season ticket holders are with the team at the perfect time. Our season ticket holders continue to enjoy benefits that include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions and merchandise, access to the Zataran season ticket holder pregame party, and much more. You'll want to be with us as we take this team to the next level. Plus, most season ticket holders renewing their seats by March 31st will lock in their current ticket pricing. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to renew your seats today. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Entergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. 
and the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Entergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. We're just about done here on this Tuesday for the Black and Blue Report. Don't forget, you can always follow the show on Twitter at Black Blue Report. That's the best way to know when the show is done and ready for you on each weekday. It usually comes your way just after noon. And, of course, uh, Daniel Salerson also keeps that Twitter account up to date with regard to the guest list for each and every show. So keep an eye on that. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sean Kelly Live. Yesterday on the Black and Blue Report, we had an extensive visit with Pelicans General Manager Del Demps. Don't forget those shows are archived, and you go back to listen to that in case you missed it yesterday as we covered a number of topics with Dell here on the Black and Blue Report. Plenty more to bring you as we'll be broadcasting from Dallas, Texas tomorrow. And then a little later in the week, Daniel Salerson will take a hold of the reins as we are out west and we'll bring you not only what the Pelicans are doing, but to delve into some other topics as well as we get into Thursday and Friday. Sure to enjoy my visits today with Ron Maestri. And, of course, covering Pelicans today and hearing from Mickey Loomis and John DeShazer, too. We hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Otherwise, we'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.